Hello, leaders. Welcome to season four of the Leaders Lead, Leaders Read podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shante Scroggins, bibliophile and leadership researcher. This is our space to talk about leadership, being a leader, leading oneself and others, thinking carefully about our leadership practice and reading broadly to keep learning. Let's get to it. Hello, leaders. Welcome to this review of Comandante, Hugo Chavez's Venezuela, copyright 2013 by Rory Carroll. This book is like a trip through Ikea. It's a maze and it's kind of wild, but there is an order to it. It's as if Rory Carroll is a very calm, very composed tour guide, warning all of us of all there is to see on the journey. There is an orderly chaos, and I believe that gives us a constant awareness of the unpredictability of Hugo Chavez. It reads more like a report than a biography. There's a prologue in 12 chapters split evenly between three sections. Section one is called the throne, section two, palace, section three, kingdom. The best part of the book, in my opinion, is author Rory Carroll's connection to Venezuela. He's the former chief of the Latin American Bureau of the Guardian. And while writing Comandante, Carroll was stationed in Caracas for the research and writing of the book, which I think is very cool. What I will tell you from the start is that this book does not give the picture of Hugo Chavez as a traditional dictator. The key to the entire book is the last chapter. So you have to read through to get there. This is noteworthy because I associated Hugo Chavez with a terrorizing dictatorship. I started the book with this idea in my mind and I was looking for confirmation over and over of behaviors and plays from the dictator's playbook. Following Rory Carroll through the maze of political, social, and personal details, I came to see what Carroll said in the final chapter. Quote, if Chavez had been a true dictator, the final act would have been predictable, a slide further into denial until the fantasy realm unraveled and enraged subjects booted the bewildered, pathetic figure into oblivion. Please note that we do not see this in the book. Carol says further, however much they shouted tyrant and willed Chavez to act accordingly, he remained a stubborn, indefatigable hybrid and elected autocrat. His rule stopped well short of a dictatorship, end quote. These two sentences are my gift to you. They are the spoilers. And they frame the book, which is not just about Chavez. The subtitle gives us a hint. This book is about Hugo Chavez's Venezuela. And the hint is that we will leave the real world and enter Narnia, if you will. We will go through Alice's looking glass to get a glimpse of of Venezuela according to Hugo Chavez. Now, because this book is more of a report, the next thing you have to know is that it is time bound. It is more of a snapshot. 
we get to learn about Chavez's leadership origin story. And at its end, Hugo Chavez is alive, but only for a little bit longer. The copyright for this book is 2013. The very last paragraph of the book begins with a phrase, entering 2013. And Hugo Chavez died March 5th of 2013. Third thing to know about this book is Rory Carroll's language. I read this book with a dictionary and I love to do that. Um, the author presents the work and the reader comes up to the work. And I appreciate being overestimated in that way. <laughs> there are also many Venezuelan terms that are defined throughout that help us with the context of things. The last chapter of the book is very grounding. It stops the merry-go-round of all the stories, all the accounts, all the interviews, all of the details of Chavez's leadership. So I'd like to share with you some lessons that are pretty summative, but I pulled them from the last chapter. If you want to go through the maze, you're going to have to read the book. <laughs> Lesson number one. How we see ourselves as leaders and how we see our efforts can explain or interpret our erratic moves. Carol says about Chavez that he often referred to himself as an artist and the revolution as an unfinished portrait. Who do we know who hyphenates their leadership? They tell us clearly who they are and wrapped up in these labels, whether we agree or not is part justification for their actions. So we have leaders who don't call themselves leaders, they call themselves leadership strategists or leadership architects. And I make no argument with the label, I just want to offer some perspective about why we qualify ourselves in this way, why we give ourselves such a specific bent in our expertise or our specialties. Mompreneurs, as opposed to entrepreneur, leadership architect, tactical strategist, people builders, people developers, uh, not manager, but leader, not just leader, but mentor, servant leader, authentic leader, transformational leader. The list goes on and on, but it is something to think about. Lesson number two, insulating the vision from outside review, critique, and even judgment guarantee limitations, harm to others, and failure. Carol's quote, for many years, Chavez found that the revolution, his work in progress, was best viewed from within the palace. I love this statement. This is one of the most powerful statements, and you'll find that Rory Carroll paints wonderful word pictures that help us through the maze. And so my question is, if we all have to cloister into the leader's secluded vision, does the leader have a vision? If there's no room for a fresh set of eyes, for feedback, for criticism, for celebration, if there's no opportunity for the leader to stand firm and say, this is what it is, and I'm not giving up ground on this one, then Maybe not. Maybe the leader doesn't have a vision. The nature of vision is to expand. 
Vision must be cast. It must be shared. Vision brings to our senses what was immaterial or intangible. Vision is meant uh, to take on more strength and greater life as we allow others to contribute. The challenge for us then is to move our visions outside of ourselves, leaders, outside of the protected space of our devices and our minds and our notes and take the risk and let some trusted eyes and voices take a stab at it. Let's see if our visions hold up to the scrutiny and let's learn some lessons about ourselves. How willing are we? to refine vision, adjust vision, or to stick by the standard we've set as is. Lesson number three, leadership can be broadened without becoming a jumble. Here are a couple of quotes from Carol about Chavez. No matter that Plato preached elitism, that Nietzsche loathed socialism, and that Chavez's philosophizing was a half-baked mismatch. Courtiers greeted the musings with reverence. We know people, I, I need that one to breathe a second because we know people who say a whole lot of nothing, but they're the leader and we nod and grin and go, oh, that's genius, that's brilliant. Oh, that was great, sir. Let's move on that. <laughs> Yeah, no. All right, here's the next quote. Chavez's blinkeredness extended to foreign affairs. So these two statements tell us he wasn't really an expert. He just kind of flew by the seat of his pants. He winged it. Our paths to confident leadership comprise various and sundry experiences. Every stop we make on the journey, each job we've taken, all the connections we've made, the bosses we've had, are all reminders of our growth and the lessons that we choose to take with us. So here's our challenge. Let's not be satisfied with learning just enough to have a civil, pleasant, networky type of conversation. Let's not be mishmash hodgepodge leaders. Let's know what we know, share what we know and understand, and what we don't know, let's be willing to ask the questions and learn even in a networking setting. I teach a class called Crafting Your Philosophy of Leadership because leaders are not leaders only when we lead people. All along our leadership journeys, we are becoming, deciding our identities, our rationales, our principles, and we are constantly envisioning our impact. There's a quote that is often recited in part but the whole thing, I think, adds a little bit to this part of the review. A jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. <laughs> so let's take the time and become knowledgeable, become skillful in the areas that interest us in our areas of business and the things that matter and where we are unable to do that, where we lack capacity, let's hire, let's contract, let's commission, let's network and let's learn. 
We control our level of skill and competency. We decide what matters. We decide when we speak on what is known and understood. Our challenge is to start asking one another questions, to grow above the mismatch. Let's not be uh, a leader who is laughable because the content of our conversations is just so shallow. Let's share what we know and say, but I wanna know more, what do you know? And let's amass more knowledge. The fourth and final lesson is that unpredictability is a predictor of toxic leadership presence. I learned this when conducting my research, a correlational study of toxic and transformational leadership. The five aspects of toxic leadership according to Andrew Schmidt's toxic leadership scale are self-promotion, abusive supervision, unpredictability, narcissism, and authoritarian leadership. And in this study, I surveyed over 300 licensed and ordained elders and ministers in the Black Pentecostal Church, and unpredictability was found to be a predictor of toxic leadership. Over and over, we see the degenerative effect of unpredictability on a team, never knowing which version of the leader they're going to get. Uh, not having a constant schedule or anything to anchor to or uh, a flow of operations that is stable. Uh, but unpredictability in practice, in routine, is a sign that a toxic leader is around. Rory Carroll paints a wild and erratic portrait of Hugo Chavez with things like hours-long episodes of Hello, President, people hired and people fired at will, creating constantly his own advantages, creating a spectacle to distract people from their suffering, from the issues around them, persisting in failed efforts and diverting attention, fear-mongering, eavesdropping, rising tensions, and making moves on the fly. You know, this book was a surprise for me because I expected just another despotic leadership journey. The descent of the last chapter, though, helped me regain perspective. At the very least, Hugo Chavez was definitely a toxic leader. And though layered in a maze of details and smoke screens, there are lessons to learn for our leadership practice. This book was tedious and worthwhile to read, and I'm so glad it found me. And I, I recommend it because reading this book, you get a snapshot of real life events, real world events, but as you read the minutiae, of how he led and the things that were going on in the palace and with the family and um, different colleagues in different parts of the country. What rises is a parallel screen where we're able to maybe match some experiences we've had or observed. And then I just don't think you can finish this book without deciding this is not who I want to be.
I want to be this kind of leader who does this and impacts the people this way. And for those of us who are leading in organizational company settings now, but may aspire to public office, public service, this is an important book to read. Um, the power of a network, the power of relationships, uh, the power of the exchange of ideas, the power of the free exchange of ideas, the power of an idea in itself, how you navigate and lead a nation, a country. When you have someone at the figurehead who really isn't suitable for the job. There's so many layers to this, but I hope you read it. And I hope when you do, you come back and tell me how, how it went for you. Any other things you saw and the lessons you pull from it. It really is a good read. <laughs> so until we're together again, lead well and read well. Leaders, oh, they need leaders, oh, they read. This episode of the Leaders Lead, Leaders Read podcast with Dr. Shante Scroggins is sponsored by the Center for Legacy-Driven Leadership. The Center for Legacy-Driven Leadership, sharing the language of leadership through theory-driven development and toxic leadership awareness. Find us at our online home at www.legacydrivenleaders.com.